Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Welcome back to Drinks First. Uh, we have a really special guest for Cocktail Hour this week. I met him off of TikTok. <laughs> Don't think I would have ever said that sentence before, but here we are in 2020. Um, and I'm going to let him introduce himself, but he's a DJ. He owns a brand called I Like You. And you might know him by Isaac Likes. Yep, that is how I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my name. Uh, yeah, so my name's Isaac Hendon Miller originally. I'm a 35 year old from New Zealand. I've been living in New York for almost nine years. And, uh, yeah, I DJ, I have this little brand called I Like You, and I was a fashion journalist for many years before that. Yeah, so you're from New Zealand. What brought you to New York? I was traveling around the world on the Fashion Week circuit, and uh, I was doing, you know, from New Zealand to Milan to Paris to New York, London, doing the whole circuit over and over and over again. And it just got to the point where every time I would fly back to New Zealand, I'd be like, why am I living here? I need to be where the action is. And the action seemed to me at the time to be in Paris. So I moved to Paris, and I lasted like three months before I realized that it's almost impossible to get anything done in France. And so I came to New York and things started to like open up really quickly. Do you speak French? Not really. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not really. Maybe no. where I went wrong. I feel like Parisians hate anybody. Yeah, yeah, it could have been Paris. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might have been that. So where the, I'm going to ask you a few questions that um, we start off with every guest. So you said you're from New Zealand. Where in New Zealand are you from? Uh, I come from Auckland, uh, but I lived a lot of my life in Christchurch as well. But yeah, Auckland is pretty much where I'm from. And did you go to college? Yeah, I went to the University of Auckland. Okay, so you were in New Zealand basically until after you graduated. Is that what's what the? Time I graduated was? in two thousand and uh, yeah, I graduated in two thousand and five, and I moved to Toronto straight after that for a while, and then went back to New Zealand, and then traveled all over the world and stuff. But I moved to. Uh, I left New Zealand for good in 2011. And when did you start doing sort of the Fashion Week circuit? 2000 and well, I started uh, traveling for fashion, I guess 2006. Mm-hmm. And then my first uh, Paris Fashion Week was 2008, I think 2008, 2009. So were you a journalist or was it like, mm-hmm. were you designing? Yeah. No, no, I mean, I've, 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 started working in fashion from a really young age. I started working in hairdressing salons when I was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I graduated from that and started working for designers. And then I worked in a modeling agency for a while. I worked for, for a fabric distributor. Uh, I worked retail. I've done pretty much everything you can imagine in the fashion industry. But what I was really obsessed with was fashion week and fashion shows. Mm-hmm. And we have our own fashion week in New Zealand. And I would like look at the front row and be like, I want to be sitting in the front row. Who gets to sit in the front row? And it was the buyers on one side and it was the journalists on the other side. And I was always like, my lecturers always used to tell me that I could write well. And so I was like, oh, maybe I should start writing about fashion. And so I started pitching stories to magazines and newspapers and some of them got accepted. I got to like fly to Australia to do the fashion week there and stuff for magazines and um, then in 2008, I started my own blog, which was called Isaac Likes. And it wasn't a fashion blog like what you would think of a fashion blog being these days, which is like you taking photographs of your outfit. I was like a serious writer writing articles about fashion on the internet. Um, and we used to call ourselves like independent publishers back in those days. And um, and I managed to like break a few stories that became like really massive news stories, like some in New Zealand and then some all over the world. Really? Like what? Uh, well, I, I broke the story during the recession uh, in 2008 that New Zealand's largest media company had was like firing all of its staff. And so I broke that story. And the next day, the CEO of that uh, media company, which was basically like New Zealand's answer to Condé Nast, uh, New Zealand's answer to yeah, Condé Nast, the CEO was quoted in our biggest newspaper saying that I had lied and that I was defaming them. 
and I was working for this big magazine at the time, like as on, on top of like doing my blog. And um, I got fired like on the spot, like just like it happens in the movies where like security walked me to my desk. They gave me a cardboard box. I wasn't allowed to like touch anything. I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. I wasn't allowed to get anything off my computer. And I got like escorted off the premises. But the day after it turned out that everything that I'd said was correct. And so I sued and I like, and they like, they like settled. I didn't get that much money, but I got enough money to start traveling like around the world for fashion weeks. That's such a sick story. (laughs) That's like the best. And then as I traveled, yeah, it was, it was good. It was like, yeah. So I always say like getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me Mm -hmm. in my career. But, um, as I traveled, like, because I was young, um, and the other young people, so I was traveling mainly on the menswear circuit. And the other young guys were like the male models. And mm-hmm. so I would become friends with the male models. They would take me backstage. They'd tell me like secrets about what were happen- what was happening behind the scenes. And then I would like write stories about it basically. And then some of those stories became like bigger things. So you just got really connected really quickly. Yeah. I think that like networking was always a strength. Yeah. And this is a question I ask everyone. I think people will probably value what you have to say about this because you're a DJ now. But where is your favorite place like pre-covid uh to go out to eat and to go out like to a bar or club or whatever i think my favorite restaurant in new york city is indochine mm-hmm. uh I, the food is really good and it's got that like really cool like kind of an old school atmosphere feel um i have to be honest with you i eat it chopped for lunch every day of the week i love chopped so literally it's like one of the only places that's still open now so i'll walk to the chop that's like a mile away just to like have some semblance of a normal life <laughs> nice yeah i'm always like fuck sweet green i'm i'm like chopped gang for life and i go to the chopped on Astor place which is like the flagship it's the nice one it's got those big glass windows and mm-hmm. you can like sit there in the window and the sun's coming in so i eat there and i get the same salad every day there the santa fe um and then i also eat breakfast at the same place every day which is this little uh danish cafe on east 12th street called s'more s-m-o-r and they do this amazing butternut squash soup and avocado toast and i have that for breakfast every day so you're like in east village area right Uh, i live in alphabet city yeah yeah and what about favorite places to go out uh i think that my two favorite places to go out if um I mean, because I've, you know, I'm like a lot older than, you know, like than you are and I've been going out for such a long time and um, because I work in the going out industry and I work in nightlife, um, I don't actually go out like that much these days myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually like out because I'm working, Mm -hmm. but the places that I like to DJ are, um, I love playing at Kind Regards downstairs. Mm -hmm. I love playing short stories and short stories is really fun, like a little bit earlier in the night, like 10 till 12 or something. And then I really love playing the downstairs room at One Oak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why we're really here. Tell me about your dating life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. You're going to have to ask a more specific Mm -hmm. question. All right. So let's start with what was your first relationship in New York like? Okay. Yeah. I met an Australian girl at Whole Foods on Houston the day before Thanksgiving in 2011. <laughs> and uh, my my roommate uh, my roommate knew her. They were both from Perth, Western Australia. And um, and she was with her friend and we had like, we both just like arrived in the city and you know, like, I don't, oh, well, you're from here. So it's kind of different. But like, I feel like for people like me, when you just arrived in New York City, like you have no fear whatsoever because it's like, nobody knows who you are. Like you've got no history with anybody. And also I was a little bit older. I was like 27 or so when I moved. So I was already like pretty confident in my ways, I guess. And um, like he ran into, you know, we ran into these two girls and he was like, oh my God, like I know you're from back home. And so we invited them to come over for um, for Thanksgiving dinner. And we'd never had Thanksgiving dinner. We come from New Zealand and Australia. We don't have Thanksgiving. And so we like made this chicken. We didn't even make turkey. And, um, and yeah, me and the girl headed off and we started dating. And then I moved into her apartment pretty quickly and wow. it lasted about like two months before like it all fell apart and then the second girl that I dated uh was a New Zealander in New York and I met her once we went out on one date and then we moved in together straight like after one date I think and, there's like a pattern here yeah needless <laughs> to say that didn't um that didn't work out either 
How how were you able to break your lease so quickly? That's really it. Oh, at the beginning we were like couch surfing, so Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so funny you say uh, the Whole Foods on Houston Street because in a past episode somebody said the best place to meet someone is the Soho Whole Foods. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean I, I can see it. Yeah, there's there's, there's I I was there the other day and I was like, everybody's wearing masks, but there's definitely some hotties out there. <laughs> So I guess it still stands true, 2011 to now. Soho Whole Foods and the other person, uh, the other place the person said was Brooklyn Boulders. So if you're looking oh, for Oh, yeah, your... my friend my friend Dougie goes there a lot, and he's a very attractive uh, dude. So ladies, if you're, if you're looking, yeah, for there sure. There we go. I mean, if he wants to be on the podcast, let me know. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Whole Foods seems like the place to be. So you were kind of just you were winging it in New York. How did you sort of get your footing here? I think because I had been traveling on the fashion week circuit for quite a long time, I'd, I'd met a lot of the New York journalists and editors mm-hmm. and, and stuff who, who were traveling on it as well. And so uh, when I arrived here, I knew a bunch of people and there were a couple of people who had said like, if you come to New York, we'll help you out. And one of them was this guy called Bruce Pask, who was the men's fashion director for the New York times. And I called him the second day I arrived in the city and was like, Hey, you said, if I ever come to New York, like call you up, I'm here. <laughs> and he got me a column in the New York times, like within a week. And so like, I started writing this like column, I mean, online, it wasn't like it, it wasn't in print, but it was still like a column online on the New York times website. And that had been my lifelong dream. And I think that that opened up so many doors. And then I started doing stuff for GQ. I started doing stuff for like Esquire business of fashion, like all these different publications. And I think that if you have the power of those like magazines behind you, then you can like, it opens so many doors. You can call anybody and ask for an interview and everybody will say yes. Cause everybody wants to be in the New York times. Everybody wants to be in GQ. Everybody wants to be in Esquire, you know? So that really helped. And then because I had, this is going to sound douchey, but this is just the truth because I'd made friends with all these models from traveling on the circuit. I moved in with models when I, when I got to New mm. York and I immediately got in with like, basically all the promoters in the city. And so I had like instant access to like pretty much every nightclub. Were you, were you going out a lot when you first got here? Yes. An enormous amount. Like (laughs) I went, I went out almost every night for the first three or four years that I was here. Jesus. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, Yeah. I, I hit the ground running for sure. So how did you transition into DJing? Well, I, yeah, so I moved to New York and I started writing for all my dream publications. And then I realized very quickly that there was no way that I was going to be able to pay rent as a writer because the New York times was paying me like $50 a story when I started for them. And then, and then they doubled my rate and I got a hundred dollars a story. And so I was like, damn, all this, like, um, all this clout that I'm getting from writing for these amazing publications is going to do nothing for me, like for my bank balance. And so I had to find like other avenues to make money. And um, I guess I like the promoters and like the nightclub people liked me because I always came with this like massive crowd of Australian and New Zealand models. Mm -hmm. And I was always like a pretty large personality in the room. And so they would often like ask me if I wanted to throw parties or like have a night and stuff like that. And I basically was like, yeah, okay, if I can do the music. And they said, yes. And so I remember like my first gig was playing downstairs at up and down. I had no idea what I was doing and it was for like $750. And I was like, this is lit. I'm getting paid to party. And you're getting paid seven times the amount of. Exactly. Exactly. And so then I went to DJing school. There's a DJing school in um, Cooper square called uh, scratch Academy. And I learned how to DJ and then it went from there. Nice. So, Okay. As interesting as your life is, I'm going to get back into dating. Um, <laughs> did you find yourself dating a lot of models? Yeah. And is there, because there are some stereotypes, I think, that go along with dating models, being friends with them. Do you think that stands true? Is it not at all, like? Yeah, okay, so what I would say is that, like, um, yeah, for sure, I think that's true. Um I would say that I don't think that any of the women that I dated was superficial, but there were 
some women that I dated for superficial reasons. So I was a mm. superficial one in the relationship, but I wouldn't say that they were superficial people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like when I was younger, I really, a lot of the time I felt like I had to have like certain people around me in order to like look good myself. And when you're acting like that, then you're going to choose people for entirely the wrong reasons. But yeah, I, I definitely went through periods as well where like I found it difficult to be dating uh, women who who were getting a lot of attention from other guys. Like I always say, I could never date an actress, right? Because I couldn't date somebody who was like making out with somebody else on screen. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I don't think that I could deal with that. And the same, you know, was true sometimes when I was like dating women who would get like insane amounts of comments under photos or like, you know, DMs mm-hmm. from dudes, DMs from like athletes and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty difficult to to compete with, especially when I was like, basically broken just like finding my footing here um but yeah I don't think any of the people that I dated were superficial themselves do you have a type uh yeah I think I do have a type uh I generally uh I don't usually date white girls Okay. I guess that's my main type. All right. We love diversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you do you find yourself like having cuz you sort of laughed when I said do you have a type. So is there like repetition that I feel like as a white guy as a white guy it's like difficult for me to like be honest about that because I feel like I could be accused of um of fetishizing people of uh, different ethnicities or something like that. I had a white guy come on here and say that his type was white girls who look like thick black girls. So, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, uh, it gets a lot worse. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, do- I guess, yeah. So, like, if, if I look at, like, my dating history, like, the, the women that I've dated, like, I have dated, like, Persian girls. I've dated Indian girls. I've dated, like, Chinese girls. I've dated Korean girls. I've dated Japanese girls. I've dated uh, black girls. I've dated... Uh, Native American girls. So how many relationships? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm also like turning 36 next month, so like I've yeah. probably had like I've probably had like six serious relationships, but I'm talking about like dating. You know, mm, like yeah, I've dated, yeah. I've dated lots of people. I would say. Well, so how has dating changed in New York City, like from the time that you've been here until now? When I first got here, I think that the whole like non-exclusive dating thing was only just starting to take hold. Mm um and like where I came from like that never had existed before like the idea that you could be like going on dates with different people every night of the week and not be exclusive to any of them like that was like mind-blowing to me Mm -hmm. and so um yeah like I think that that wasn't as common as it is now and I don't think that tinder had been invented yet when I first arrived in New York City I think tinder probably came around what like 2012 2013 yeah something like that I'm like I might be wrong but like um yeah so this idea of like swiping I don't think was there like online dating I don't think was was there as much I could be wrong about this but I'm pretty sure that I'm getting my timeline right um and so yeah like I had never I never did anything like that and so you had to meet people authentically so all the people that I ended up dating were people that I met through friends mm-hmm. but also like when I first moved to New York, like the people that I was the most attracted to were people who felt like they came from like the same place as me. So I dated like Australians and New Zealanders at the beginning because that was what was familiar to me. And I think that um, despite the fact that like, yeah, I'm a white guy who comes from a, like an English speaking country. I come from a completely different world than somebody who comes from America. Yeah. A, comp- a complete, yeah. Like it's like, you can't even compare New Zealand to America. I mean, New Zealand such like, different cultures. Yeah. It's incredibly progressive too. Right. Yeah. Like, we have a 37-year-old female leader, and like even our right-wing people in New Zealand are further left than Democrats in America. Yeah, I that's insane. I mean, we should all yeah. take a page out of New Zealand's book, IMO. Yeah, but... like if, if, if America was New Zealand, like Alexandria Ocasio would, like, she would be the president. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, what, your, your prime minister, her name's Jacinda something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jacinda Ardern, yeah. She's a she's hero. She's sick. We she's love her. Sick. she's great um so how have you seen like social media and dating apps affect the way that you've been meeting people like well yeah so I mean I I've used dating apps a little bit um Mm -hmm. 
and basically i find like if i if 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 i get to a point where it's like i want some attention or i'm like i'm looking just as like like shopping for you know like shopping for dates kind of then maybe i'll go on um like a dating app and have a look um and the one that i've used the most is raya and -hmm. then i've used hinge a little bit and i've used tinder like very like very briefly Mm -hmm. but um I find that like with Raya is definitely more like window shopping. Like nobody seems to actually meet up with each other. Yeah. And then Tinder, I think as far as I could tell, because when quarantine started, like I downloaded all three of them again and like mm-hmm. went through and I think Tinder had the best selection of people for sure. Really? I thought Tinder had by far the most attractive people on it. So I don't know like what sort of age group you're looking in, but at least, so I did like a dating app bracket on my, um, on my Instagram, like podcast Instagram, the most used dating app, and this didn't surprise me at all, was Hinge. Um, second was Bumble. So mm, I've never looked at Bumble before. I actually I use Bumble the most. Like I think t- like personally to be a girl on dating apps, like Tinder is more creepy. Like you have to weed through more like uh, weirdos. Um, right. There are more international people on Tinder though. But I find Bumble... Right. I've, I've also never actually met up with somebody from Tinder and I've never met up with somebody from Hinge. Raya's the only one that I've ever met up with somebody and it only happened two times. The way that I meet the most people online is DMs on Instagram, for sure. Really? And people who 100%. are sliding into your DMs or the other way around? Uh, usually the other way around. Okay. And what's your what's your go-to to like hit someone up on Instagram? I mean, oh, it's usually if I, like, if I see that they're watching my story, then I'll DM them. I don't think that I've ever just like cold DM somebody like out of the blue and it's worked out. But like if I see uh, like a girl's like watching my stories or something and then I'll like I might hit them up. For guys who are listening, what's what's the advice, though? Like, what do you say to people? Or do you think, you know, having thousands of followers and being verified helps? I I mean, yeah, I'm sure (laughs) that helps for sure. But also like the flip side of that is that like, um. I think that the people who are attracted to the fact that like I have a verified account or that like I'm a DJ or that like they see that I hang out with certain types of people or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that's the type of person that you're probably never going to want to be in a relationship with. And then also the other flip side is that like the type of person that you might want to be in a relationship might see all of those things and, and like hold it against you, you know, it might be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you're a superficial person because you work in nightlife or you like blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what are you, I mean, you kind of just said it, but what are some red flags when you meet people? Red flags? Uh, I mean, I don't like, I don't like people who drink too much. Mm-hmm. I don't like people who uh, take lots of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like people who get blackout. Um. What are some other red flags for me? But also, I don't drink, so it's like those are immediate. Like for me personally, you know, for other people, they might be like huge turn-ons. But for me, that's like not something that I uh, is really going to work for me in a relationship. Yeah. Um, I don't like people. So for me, it's not like it's it's for me, it's a feeling thing. So like, if I am finding myself like getting insecure with them because they're like they never text back or they only text mm-hmm. back sometimes or I, I have to like ignore them in order to get like attention from them. That's a huge red flag. And I'll like walk away from a situation and that like, if it's like that. And what about green flags? Like what, what can people do to people? I like, I like people who I, I, I like people who are like, who are able to communicate honestly, who tell you what their boundaries are immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, if you get into a situation with, somebody who says this is what I'm going to accept this is not what I'm not going to accept and like even if we're just getting to know each other like I'm not getting to know anybody else and if you're getting to know other people like I'm not interested Mm -hmm. like then you know where you stand I like people who like set boundaries and you know where you stand with them yeah I mean I say more often than not like especially now with dating apps and ghosting culture and whatnot that people are too afraid to have any sort of confrontation or talk honestly and openly about their relationships, which is dumb as hell. You're wasting everyone's time if you're not doing that. But 
I agree. And also, I, the other thing I think that's a big red flag for me is like, um, and this is, I mean, uh, I hope this doesn't come off sexist, but like, if, when I meet somebody who who does like that cool girl thing, like I'm the cool girl who like I can handle anything, like they they act like nothing bothers them. Yeah, that's always a huge. That's a massive red flag for me because I like I know that. Like, if you give somebody an inch, they're going to take a mile. And so it's like, if they're acting like they're going to be cool with anything, then it's like, what's to stop you from doing anything to, like, test that boundary? Yeah, I mean, I had literally this conversation with my friend this morning. I was like, don't act chill about something that maybe a guy is doing to you that just so you come across as, like, easygoing. Because if that's not how you actually act, later on when you act the way that you want to act, they're going to think you're crazy. And I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely a different kind of person. So just 100%. good to be upfront, straightforward, like from the beginning. For sure. But I know for, for a lot sure. of people. But yeah, for, for me, um, the things that make me walk away are like, yeah, if I start to feel like insecure because like they are, like I don't know where I stand with them. I don't like that. And also if I meet somebody, somebody told me one time, like if you ever meet somebody and you have like a 12 reaction out of like one to 10, like you're like oh my god like this is like the like whatever hottest like most beautiful coolest like whatever i'm obsessed with this person like i'll pretty much walk away if i feel that for somebody as well because it's like i know that i'm gonna get like i might get crazy around them really so you're being overprotective about yourself yeah but i also almost got married and then was broken up with just before my wedding in 2017 so like i have good reason to be overprotective of myself do you want to talk about that at all Oh, I'm, yeah, you can, I, I almost got married and then I didn't get married. Well, how did, <laughs> how did, how did that happen? What, what, when did that relationship start? How did it start? Uh, she was my best friend. Uh, and we were like, yeah, best friends, like running around the city for years together. And then eventually we got together and, um, we were together for like two years. We got engaged. We were about to get married and then, um, yeah, she came home one day and was like, basically said, like, I'm moving out and I can't do this anymore. And it was, yeah, it was, of course, it was a deeply painful, um, heartbreaking thing. And it took me like a solid year to get over it, I would say. Like maybe even a little bit longer. Honestly, but today, that's like, we're, short. <laughs> we're like, oh, maybe even like maybe 18 months or something, but like, we're pretty good friends now. And, um, you know, like I've talked to her on the phone probably like five times during the pandemic and you know like we've been texting each other to give each other like updates on how our filing for unemployment is going and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know so like I I ha- um, still have her at, like you know after not having her in my life for like a long time like I have her in my life again and it's like cool that we can be friends and everything did that uh, happen yeah, like it was it was deeply painful at the time did that happen because of the pandemic did like- what happen having her back in your life how did that happen we've been we've been cool we've been cool for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. yeah so you Um, are basically like I think like I was going through some family like somebody in my family died or something like you know like I was I had some like things happen to my family and she found out and she reached out to me basically Mm -hmm. and then that and we kind of like went from there do you think it's dangerous being friends with your ex I think that if I don't think that people should be friends with their exes. It, well, I don't, I, I don't like to say what other people should do. I don't think I should be friends with my exes if I still have feelings for them. And if I see them, it's going to like hurt my feelings. And then because if I get my feelings hurt, then I'm likely to lash out and act like a dick. And I'm not trying to do that. So like I, if I like saw her and I still felt like deeply heartbroken, I wouldn't try to hang out with her. But like, cause there were times when like I tried to be her friend again after the breakup and I was super, super unhappy still. Mm-hmm. And then I did lash out and I'd get upset super quick. And yeah. So you kept so enough time has to have passed. I think you're keeping it sort of just like a casual texting relationship, like friendship. Yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, like, we're, like, really, really good friends, but we were also, like, really close for five years before we even got together, so, like, we we have, like, a long-term foundation of friendship before the relationship. How did you make that transition from friendship into a relationship? Uh, we were out one night, and we just started making out on the dance floor. <laughs> after years after years and years and years of like running around together and like getting wasted and like 
you know like everybody always being like how come you guys don't date you know like we were like that classic couple that people were like mm-hmm. why are you guys not dating you guys should be dating we were like no this is like my sister and then one night she stopped being like my sister so did it blindside you when it ended or what did you think it was something that was coming yeah no I was I was super surprised yeah but I mean I guess like she had been thinking about it for a while but I mm-hmm. it blindsided me yeah and are you single now I am. I was. I. I have been seeing somebody, but we kind of like um, broke. Or she went to Florida to stay with her family, um, and it kind of like fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm basically I'm basically single. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I think is really interesting about this quarantine is that when people were in relationships at the beginning, it, you're sort of put into this hyperdrive moment sort of decide okay well is this worth me taking the time to you know figure it out and talk to them every day and sustain it or am I just gonna let it go (laughs) um yeah I know I mean this is yeah this has been a definitely a very very interesting time and I think that um yeah like if I had been in a situation where I was in a relationship and we'd had to like live together in the same house during quarantine mm -hmm. I think I would have lost my fucking mind because Are I mean, you, and, and not because you know, like, but just because it's it's difficult to be in that close contact with anybody for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm with my family, and I'm going absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, you get it. You get it for sure. Oh, I think everybody gets it at this point. Everybody's just done. Have you been dating at all during this quarantine? I well, I mean, yeah, I would, but just at the beginning because, um, yeah, just at the beginning. I mean, some people have been going on FaceTime dates and things like that, meeting people off of dating apps or other, like... I mean, yeah, I've, I've definitely, like, FaceTimed some people, but, like, it's... The thing that I like about the quarantine is that it's made it way easier just to... Like, you can jump on a call with somebody now, and it's, like, super easy to do that, because it's, like, I feel like, for me at least, and for the people that I've talked to, like, getting on a FaceTime with somebody is quite... There's not, like, an intimidating thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have done that a couple of times, but like, not really romantically though, but with people that I didn't know though. So yeah. Well, do you think there's anything that's gonna, anything from this quarantine that's going to affect dating in the future? Mm. I don't know. I don't, I actually don't have an answer for that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder, you know, like, I, there's, I've, I, I've, I wonder lots of things. Like, I wonder if people are going to be scared to have sex. I wonder if people are going to be scared to, like, hug, if the people are going to be scared to kiss. I wonder if, like, all these sorts of things. But then I feel like once everything gets opened up again and people get a few drinks in them, like, all bets are going to be off. I mean, who knows, like, when things like nightlife are going to open. That's all, like, second phase. Mm-hmm. But I think more than ever, people are going to be craving that sort of human contact and everybody's going to want to be acting a bit reckless. But (laughs) (laughs) in a way, I think people have been acting reckless during quarantine. Also, people who have put themselves out there to date because they're taking chances and doing things that they would have never done before. Like I put out a poll about uh, would you go on a FaceTime date? Uh, And early on, people said no. And that answer changed really quickly. Like Mm -hmm. once we were a week or two into quarantine. Um, Yeah, totally. I'm definitely interested to see like how things shift going forward. I mean, you're in, in nightlife, you're involved with it. Like, do you ever meet people while you're out? Yeah, but once again, it's like it's back to that same thing of like red flag drinking, blacking out, all that. Yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong, like I've definitely dated um women that I've met like while out, like for mm-hmm. sure I have, um, and I've you know, but generally like it all goes in one direction real quick because the type of people like as somebody who doesn't drink working in nightlife, like I'm definitely the the odd one out. Mm-hmm. Do you have sort of an ideal woman? Like, what would that look like to you? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, I would, I would like somebody who is intelligent and confident in their own ideas and values, and um, 
not a Republican or a supporter of Donald Trump and, um, and not even like, to be honest, like not even like a moderate Democrat. Just because oh, oh already, you mean like, the uh, the fiscally uh, conservative yeah, 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 yeah. socially yeah <laughs> yeah because if you're fiscally if you're fiscally conservative then you're anti-social welfare which basically makes you a Republican so anyway um so yeah like I because I you know come from this country where we have such a strong left-wing liberal background uh it's really difficult for me to like align my beliefs and values with somebody who is like far right of that. Mm-hmm. um and then yeah like I like things that I really admire uh you know like when you meet when you are dating somebody and you can introduce them to your friends and they can immediately like start conversations with people that's super confident in, the, in themselves like that like that's important to me um and I like people who are driven but not like obsessive about career mm-hmm. but like driven to driven to succeed but not like at the cost of everything else. Mm-hmm. And are you looking for a relationship right now? Yeah. I think I'm always looking for a relationship. So you're kind of, you're a relationship person. I mean, well, it I haven't like been that. in a relationship. I haven't been in a relationship for a long time, but yeah, I think that like, I, I have been in like a number of relationships that were at least like two years long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, when was your last relationship? The last relationship was when I almost got married. So we broke up January 2017. So, oh, February 2017. Yeah. So I haven't been in a relationship for like over three years, but I've dated, I dated one girl for like four months, Mm -hmm. but it was like, wasn't super serious. I don't think. Have you ever dated anybody like significantly older or significantly younger than you? Because if you're in nightlife, I'm sure you're I've never dated somebody significantly older than me, but yeah, I've definitely dated girls in their 20s for sure and how does that compare to like women in their 30s i think that um there is a level of confidence that comes with age uh where it's like you know who you are and you're more of like a fully formed human when you're like older (laughs) and when you're younger i think that uh you're still trying to like figure out who you are. You're still trying to figure out what your place is in the world. And so much is uncertain. You're still trying to figure out like what your career is going to be like, where, what it is that you're trying to do. And you're, you know, all, all these different things. And um, I think that is the big difference. And also I think that like when you're in your twenties, like kind of all you want to do is have fun. Mm-hmm. Well, not for everybody, but like, a, you know, let's say you're a nightlife person and you're in your twenties, like what you want to do is have fun. But if you're in your thirties, you're probably like, looking to settle down a little bit more mm-hmm. and you might be more interested in like dinner rather than like partying until five o'clock in the morning and so if you are like going out looking do you believe that if you're looking for something it won't happen uh I mean I think that what I believe is that unless you are ready for a relationship it's probably like the right relationship is probably not going to happen. Right. And I feel like you get out of the world, what you put in. And so like, if I'm putting out like positive energy and if I'm like not being a dick, then I'm likely to attract people who are positive and not dicks. Right. And if Mm -hmm. I'm like putting out negative energy and I'm being a dick, I'm likely to attract that type of person. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that a lot of it depends on like who, who I am at the present time and like how I'm behaving and like what kind of energy I'm putting out there in the world. What would be your ideal date? Ideal first date? I like going to the movies. Movies? Which I f- yeah, I love going to the movies and I feel like nobody else like I feel like everybody disagrees with me about this, but I love going to the movies because it like you get to talk about something when you're like walking there or when you're like meeting up, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives you like something to talk about. Then you get to like kind of eliminate the like awkward like, you know, potential awkward, especially like I don't drink, right? So I can't just go and have like glasses of wine or like cocktails or shots with somebody that I, mm-hmm. I'm just meeting so like for me you know like sometimes it can be a little bit like you know it's nerve-wracking and so I because going to the movies is like my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. and so then then afterwards you have something to talk about and then if it's like if you you know having fun then you can go for like dinner or you can go for like ice cream or you can walk around or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah 
That's a that's a pretty. And if you're not into <laughs> movies, if you're not into going to the movies, then like I don't know if it's gonna work out because like I go to the movies all the fucking time, like literally, at least three times a week. Do you have Movie Pass or like whatever the? Uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, I've got the AMC. The, the AMC Movie Pass, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. What have you seen any good movies recently? I loved Waiting Story. Hmm. Uh, I loved that movie, The Farewell, with Aquafina. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I love that. I really love the. Um, I love Parasite. Um, yeah, those were my favorite movies that I that I saw recently. I think. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the movies have been closed down for a few weeks now. Yeah, but, but um, you know, people are up on Netflix watching a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, I honestly I have not watched anything during quarantine because I spent my entire life on TikTok. Yeah, wait. Let's talk about TikTok. Let's how, talk about TikTok. How did you get into that? I mean. So I, um, so I have like agents for DJing and for social media and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I have this agent called Emma who a long time ago was like, you need to get on TikTok probably like almost two years ago. And I was like, I've never even really heard of it. Like I, you know, it just seems like some of the thing and I was really jaded with Instagram Mm -hmm. and I still am quite jaded with Instagram. Like I I think Instagram is fucking annoying and stupid and like, and also like everybody's like, um, the algorithm like kills everybody's content on on instagram right and she was like no trust me trust me trust me you should get on tiktok and i was just like nah, whatever and then last year around like november or something i was like oh maybe i should just like you know so like a year after she first told me about it mm-hmm. i was like maybe i should just download and see what it's all about and i downloaded it and within like five days I, I would say i was spending like four hours a day on there and i was telling everybody about it and i was like oh okay this is so much different from what i ever imagined it was going to be and so i started posting a little bit but nothing you know nothing really worked out and then i so i do a lot of these like unboxing videos on instagram where i do these like very aggressive like rip a box open you know like i'll buy something online or i'll get sent something mm-hmm. and i'll like rip box open with then I've got this like flick knife that I use and I'm like you know, and I've, like <laughs> all over the place yeah and um like unwrapping things like an ungrateful child on Christmas day basically and um and so I was like posting those videos on TikTok and finally like one of them like six weeks after I posted it one of them like hit mm-hmm. like hit the algorithm and all of a sudden got like 50,000 views in like two hours or something like that and then I was like oh shit like this is lit and then when quarantine started, I was like, okay, I've got nothing else to do. Like, I'm going to devote myself to to doing this. And so I started, like, looking at what the trending hashtags were every day. And I was like, I'm going to make those videos every day of the week. And I've made, like, between one and, like, five videos a day during quarantine. Yeah. No, it's it's fucking addicting. I had, I had also, like, really – I actually – I didn't want to get on TikTok, not because I was jaded from Instagram, which, like, I – don't really like Instagram at all. I feel like most people will say that now. Um, but with TikTok, I just knew I loved Vine. So like, I knew that I was mm-hmm. gonna be addicted to TikTok. And I was like, this is dangerous. Like, I have a job, like, I, I need to I have a podcast now. I can't <laughs> waste my time on TikTok. I spend so much mm-hmm. time on TikTok. It's disgusting. Like, and what about the adrenaline rush when you like post something and it starts <laughs> taking off? It is the best feeling. <laughs> Uh, like I don't do drugs but like I'm sure this is what that feels like yeah for sure um but yeah no TikTok is the wild west of social media right now and if you're not on it you're completely missing out and if you are denying TikTok in 2020 you are like a person in 2014 who was like no Facebook is the only good social media like Instagram ain't shit like you're an idiot if you are like denying TikTok you're you're literally an idiot Also, it's a pandemic. Like, we all know nobody has anything better to do. So Mm -hmm. get on TikTok if you're not already. You might meet some really cool people like I just did. Um, And also, I like, my my tip for anybody getting on TikTok and trying to, like, figure out how to, like, do it and make it work for them mm -hmm. is to do exactly what you did, which is to, like, you're an expert in New York City because you were born and raised in New York City. And so you know what the fuck you're talking about. And instead of just like going and doing the same thing that everybody does, which is like, oh, I need to learn the renegade dance or I need to like lip sync something. You are like, no, I actually know something about this. And so I'm going to like add my two cents and you did it and boom, it picked up. And like, that's how I found you because you like posted that video. Yeah. It's been really weird. I've had so many people like reach out to me just from like 
New York City ecosystem being like, you're on my for you page. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. I'm like, original content is key. You got to do like, you've got to like talk about what you know. My content was not original whatsoever though. I saw somebody make a video. It pissed me off because it was not accurate. And I was like, I'm just going to do this myself. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's original content. There's a difference between that and the, and like being like, what's the latest dance that Charlie D'Amelio is doing? Like, I'm just going to learn it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad my TikTok algorithm knows that I'm like not... 14 so now i'm not seeing like 12 year old girls yeah, I, don't, doing I don't see da- i don't see the dancing either like and, and everybody always says to me like oh it's just that thing where people dance right yeah. I, I literally i never see dancers i never see dancing on tiktok the algorithm is so smart like tiktok mm-hmm. we, we actually talk about it at my work all the time just because like i'm kind of in tech and so mm-hmm. like tiktok has an incredible user interface it has a credible algorithm the way that it picks up what people like is insane like i am seeing content from like bon appetit test kitchen like niche content which is like videos i watch on youtube like i don't know how they do it but they do it really well so if you're not on tiktok get on it um exactly and it's very much in favor of the content creator right now because the algorithm is kind to us creators as opposed to Instagram, which you're like, you'll post something and it'll like die immediately. Like oh your God. shit just gets like exposed to insane amounts of people on TikTok. Also, tic- like Instagram still makes me like nervous. Like I don't feel mm. bad about like, I never wear makeup. I never do like anything to do a TikTok. Like I'll just be in my pajamas. Like Instagram, I'm like, send it to four different friends. I'm like, is this okay? Like, should I post this? Because I don't post that often. Um it's less nerve wracking. It's way less emphasis on like what you look like and how, I mean, it's quality of content rather than like appearance. Yeah. And it's also quantity because you can just keep putting out videos on TikTok and you might get like two likes on something and then you might get 2000 likes on something. So it's just exactly keep doing something and still until it sticks. But I, I saw like your prom TikTok. It was like, right. It was the second one trending. I meant to text you about it. Trending on like prom hashtag prom portrait. So oh yeah, like, I think I, th- I was next to John Krasinski. Yeah, I it was like John Krasinski and you. I was like, <laughs> you're gaming the system, my man. Uh-huh. I felt proud. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a good feeling to like be a part of something that's growing as well. Like, it's yeah. exciting to be on a platform that's growing. Like, I when I was um, when I was like ten years old till I was 14 years old, I was on this rugby team for four years and we lost every single game for four years, right? Every game. And it was a fucking demoralizing experience, right? And, but we were like, kept trying, we kept trying, kept trying. And like, finally we won like a game. It was the best feeling ever. And I feel like for the last few years, like Instagram has been like being on that rugby team, losing every week. Like you're losing followers, like your posts are getting less likes, you're getting less engagement. Like nobody cares anymore. And then, getting on TikTok is like winning that one rugby game. Yeah. And also a lot of my friends who are influencers who make, you know, livings off of doing Mm -hmm. Instagram are migrating onto TikTok. It's just the natural next step. Everything comes in a cycle, but I mean, who knows? Next thing, next thing that happens is that people are going to start dating off of TikTok because people call Instagram like the best dating app. Oh yeah. TikTok (laughs) is going to be for sure the best dating app in, in America. Yeah, and if anything, you're seeing people a little less filtered because it's not as uh, curated as Instagram. For sure, yeah, and people like making jokes. So you like, you know, if somebody's got a sense of humor. Yeah. As opposed to like, you've definitely met people on who are like amazing on Instagram, and then you meet them in real life, and like all they have to them is the fact that they can like make cool photographs. Yeah, there is this question though of like clout and what it does, like in dating. I don't know. I think people are swayed by people's social media presences way too much like I would rather date somebody who had no social media presence whatsoever I think yeah I understand that I I I think the reason that it helps right is like I heard Ryan Seacrest say this thing one time where he said that it's easier for him to walk up and talk to a woman because she like almost 10 times out of 10, she's going to know who he is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it immediately like breaks that the ice of like, Oh, who is this like stranger who was coming up and talking because she already knows him. Right. And I feel like if you 
if somebody's verified or if they have a following or something like that, it makes them more familiar. And especially like people who are, you know, like verified, you know, who are content creators who live a lot of their lives online, you can kind of like immediately go on their platforms, on their social media platforms, and you can see kind of like a version of who they are. It might not be like a fully well-rounded version of who they are, but you're at least going to get like a taste. And so if you see them like that, then, you know, like, and then you see them in real life, you're kind of going to be like, yeah, I kind of know who this person is. A bit more than like somebody who doesn't use Instagram in such a strategic or like uh, comprehensive way. Do you find yourself like putting out your most authentic self on social media? No. I mean, on TikTok, I think that I put it like I put out it. Yeah, actually, like the videos that I've been doing recently about like New York restaurants and Mm -hmm. about like the downtown cool kids and about people who's like parents pay their rent and how like that makes me really angry yeah that's who I really am like I'm a guy who's like bitter about like rich kids whose parents like pay their rent like that that that's authentic to who I am and I'm making videos like I'm making like jokey videos about that on TikTok that's real right mm-hmm. am I a guy who's like like looking sullen dressed in like a crazy like a a really good outfit like staring out of the camera frame on instagram like no who the fuck like what does that say about me it doesn't say anything about me but also i think that like a lot of the stuff that i um a lot of the content that i've always put out on like instagram stories and also on tiktok is me being like a much more over the top version of who i am Mm -hmm. and then people will often meet me and be like oh you're like you're not as like loud in real life as i thought you were gonna be yeah um but like when you see the videos of me like talking on TikTok as opposed to like, hey guys, it's me Isaac, you know, which is what I, I definitely do that. Like the, hey guys, it's me Isaac. Like that's a, that's a very small version of me. And you probably only get that in real life if you know me really, really well. But mm-hmm. like, I'm, it's easy for me to talk to the camera like that because the, the camera's like my, you know, like the, my cell phone's like my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> but like the version of me that's like giving a slightly more thoughtful, um, you know, maybe more sarcastic, maybe drier take. Like, that's definitely much more like what I'm like in real life. Yeah. I mean, I think even... I really want to say that I put out my most authentic self, but I don't. And I know that I don't. Like, especially with TikTok, that one that stuck, cool. But then I felt pressure to be... Like, I don't want to be known as, like, the person whose only personality is New York City because that's just not who I am. But you get, like, a taste of something going viral and you're like, oh, shit, like, should I capitalize on this? Um, but, I mean, such yeah. as... Yeah, I mean, of course, and, and, and you think that you think that I don't do that? Like, of course I fucking do that. Like, I see, I see stuff that... Because also the interesting thing about TikTok is, like, you get comments, right? And you mm-hmm. see in the comments immediately you get this, like, customer feedback, basically. Yeah. And so, like, if I see that something's working, like, for instance, I did this video the other day and people would not stop talking about this one thing that I said. And so for the next video, like, I said the same thing because they were like, oh, my God, his accent when he says this thing, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, I get this comment all the time. Do you know who Ricky Dillon is? No, but I've seen that comment and I've been meaning to look him up. So I'm this, gonna do it this right guy now. on YouTube... Like, I get that comment all day, every day. Oh, my God, this guy looks like Ricky Dillon. Is this Ricky? I thought this was Ricky Dillon. You do not look like him at all. I get that I get that comment all day, every day. Yeah, I've seen it on your TikTok. Oh, my God. Um, you really don't look like him. And so, like, I think that it's, like, interesting to, um, like, play up the things that are, you know, it's like McDonald's knows that Big Macs work for them, so they fucking make Big Macs and they promote Big Macs, right? Right, right. If they started, If they started promoting, like, fried rice is their you know as as their main dish like people are going to be like what's what are they doing i think you have to play to your strengths and also like i don't know that for me like social media it's not about like being my most authentic self like it's especially when you know i've i've, I've worked on social media for many many years of my mm-hmm. life and i've gotten paid but you know for working on social media for a long time so like for for somebody like me it's about like how do i make money on this platform it's not about like how do i show the world like who isaac hendon miller really is that's mm-hmm. not what it's about mm-hmm. is it is it a goal of yours to be able to monetize on tiktok for sure mm-hmm. definitely i'd be lying if i said it wasn't completely uh-huh. i mean like i made before before like like the last year djing has been like my biggest source of income but like mm-hmm. every other year before that like djing and instagram have been 50 50 really 
Yeah, yeah. Since like 2014, probably. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I had this conversation also with a friend a few days ago, and he was like, well, you're going viral now. Like, is that something that you want? Like, do you want to eventually become some sort of, like, influencer? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but But then- also there's a difference, like, the thing that I like about TikTok is that it's not about being an influencer, I don't think. I think it's about, like, it's more about having some form of perspective on something, yeah, you know? And that's what I like. Like, I like how you can be like, I'm a native New Yorker. This is what I think of like X, Y, Z things about New York. Like I'm a DJ. Here's what I think about nightlife in the city. Like Mm -hmm. I know what I'm talking about. You know what you're talking about. That's not being an influencer. That's having like, that's having like insider knowledge of something. Those are two different things. Yeah, that's valid. I think, I think, I mean, he kind of coaxed out of me. He was like, so why are you doing this? Like, why do you like posting videos and making content and whatnot? And I mean, a lot of it has driven back to, like, this podcast. Like, uh, everything so far has been word of mouth, and it's, like, done pretty well. Um, I only, like, I had an idea, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to do it. And I just did it, and I dove headfirst into it. Um, But, like, the normal season where I interview people and they're anonymous and, like, people can get matched up, that only works if a lot of people are listening. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, how do I get this out to the largest like amount of people I can. Um, Wait, and- did the guy, did, did that guy whose episode I loved, um, Hot, what was, uh, did he actually say what his name was or not? No, they never say their names. Oh, so he didn't even say his first name? No. Okay, but the guy that, you know, like the guy whose episode that I listened to, he was like in the fraternity, he started referring to himself as Hot, whatever his name was. Yeah. Did he get matched up with anybody um, because of your podcast? Yeah, almost, I would, almost every guy has been matched up with someone. That is lit. I love that guy. You can tell that guy from me, or if you're listening, whatever your name is, hot, whatever your name is, you are incredibly engaging and fun to listen to. So I I he, like, he's one who grew up in, he grew up in Singapore, born in Singapore. Uh, his ego's already so big. I don't even want to. No, nah, but he was good. It's, 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 he, he deserves that. I like, I like that guy a lot. He's a good guy. He's a, he's one of my close friends. Um, and that's why I was like, well, tell him for me. I thought, tell him for me. I like you. I will. Oh, and I don't mean a lot coming from you. <laughs> So, okay, I want to be mindful of your time uh, because I'm sure you have better things to do during quarantine. Uh, we're going to do this segment at the end. We do it at Every Drink's first episode. It's called Shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you this or that questions and okay. just rapid fire. You got to answer. Yep, I got you. Okay, early bird or night owl? Both, but probably more night owl. Night owl. <laughs> night owl. I'll say night owl. <laughs> Shoes or jackets? Jackets. iPhone or Android? Oh, mate, come on. I know. iPhone. Good. I mean, some some people haven't said that. It's a... Uh... I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a Note 7 kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Samsung Galaxy, really? So, okay. Yeah. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. All day. Zoom or FaceTime? Uh... They, they serve such different purposes. So I do like, I, I do all business stuff over Zoom mm-hmm. and um, I do therapy over Zoom and I do FaceTime with my friends. Money or fame? Money. Spicy or mild? But, but, but I think that like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm not, I'm not making this fast, am I? <laughs> Um, but okay. So I think that like having money and anonymity is, is great. But like, I think that with fame and no money, you can have a lot of the experiences that wealthy people like might not even be able to have. So Mm -hmm. both have perks, but also like fame to the level of like a Kardashian, for instance, like I've been on Houston street before, you know how, um, Kim and Kanye have like an apartment on the corner of Mercer and Houston. I've been on Houston, like walking past when she's been arriving home with mm-hmm. five bodyguards and like 60 people on the street like not even paparazzi just like screaming people like taking photographs of her and i don't think anybody wants that fucking life so like a very small degree of fame i think um can be helpful and fun but like a very 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 small degree of fame i don't think anybody wants like actual proper fame so money yeah money sorry <laughs> spicy or mild spicy socks or house slippers socks well this one's gonna be obvious coffee or drinks coffee 
Um, I'm going to add two more that I don't have on my list. What's your favorite movie? Uh, Closer and Lost in Translation are, two, are my two favorite movies. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Your mate. All right. So thank you so much for being on. Um, <laughs> thank where, you for me. Yeah. Where can people find you? Okay. Um, don't even bother with Instagram. But I am at Isaac Likes with an underscore at the end on both TikTok and Instagram. And TikTok is where it's all happening. So I-S-A-A-C-L-I-K-E-S underscore. And then um, I also have this little brand called I Like You. And that's on Instagram. I Like You. I-L-I-K-E-Y-O-U. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I Like You. And I liked that episode a lot. So I know this episode was longer than usual and we didn't talk totally all about dating, but Isaac was so fun to talk to that I really thought you guys would enjoy it. And if you liked it, feel free to follow Drinks First on Instagram at drinks.first. On TikTok, we're at drinksfirst. Uh, send us an email, drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com. Follow on whatever you are listening on, Spotify, Apple. If you're on Apple, leave a review and a rating. That really helps me out. And you can find me, your host, Ariana, at arianananathani28 on Instagram and at arianananathani on TikTok. See you next week. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say... Yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.